We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the episode of the Spurs Up Show. This is episode 19. Uh, we're going to be recapping the Kentucky game today that went down Saturday night at williams Bright Stadium. Um, first, before we get started, if you do want to follow the show, be sure to check us out on iTunes at the Spurs Up Show. Be sure to go there, rate and subscribe. Tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like about the show. We appreciate all the feedback. Also, be sure to follow us on our Twitter account at Armchair S Car. That's at Armchair S C A R. Check us out on Instagram as well at Armchair S Carolina. Uh, and this is also a podcast brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans, armchairallamericans.com, uh, localizing your sports coverage content. Be sure to go check us out on armchairallamericans.com for obviously the podcast as well as all the South Carolina uh, latest breaking news uh, articles there as well. So like I said, we are going to recap the Gamecocks 23-13 to loss to the Kentucky Wildcats on Saturday night at Williams-Brice Stadium. Um I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed colleague, Tyler Clark. Um, Tyler, first want to ask you, obviously, you know, I kind of know how you're feeling, but how's everything going? Uh, how are you doing on this uh, Monday afternoon? Uh, well, after the events of Saturday, uh, I've been sick for the last two days, so not too hot. Um, Patriots won yesterday, so that's cool. Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. Don't want to hear it. Um, yeah, you can still hear it in my voice. Uh, I don't have one, basically. And I didn't have one all of yesterday because of uh, Saturday night. Yeah, and we're going to dive on to that. I promise, Tyler. I'm going to let you, uh, you know, obviously break down everything from your end and from my end as well. And we'll, we'll dive into it. So right before we do, just want to go over some notable stats from the game Saturday, as we always do. Um, looking over at the box score, South Carolina actually did out gain Kentucky total yardage wise. Um, they had 358 to Kentucky's 353 in total yardage. Uh, South Carolina won the passing statistics by a large margin. Um, the Gamecocks threw for 304 yards, Kentucky for just 169. However, the rushing game was abysmal, to say the least. South Carolina ran for 54 yards on the total, uh, less than three yards a carry. Kentucky for 184 yards. Um, time of possession, South Carolina uh, got dominated in that stat as well. Kentucky held the ball for 36 minutes and 49 seconds. Um, to South Carolina, is just 23 minutes and 11 seconds. And the big, the biggest stat really to look at on third downs, Kentucky was 9 of 16 on third down. They were 6 of 8 in the first half as well. Um, South Carolina just 3 of 12, and they were also 1 of 3 on fourth down uh, with a couple of critical stops as well. Um, some individual stats, Jake Bentley overall, 
Uh, pretty solid game, 24 for 36, 304 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, Rico Dowdle, just eight carries for 23 yards on the day. Uh, but Debo Samuel with a big day, five catches, 122 yards for a touchdown, including um, – the opening play of the game, which he took to the house. Um, Sky Moore and T.J. Brunson had big days on defense. Sky Moore with an interception early in the game. T.J. Brunson leading the team in tackles once again with 10. Um, and for Kentucky, Steven Johnson went 16 to 25, 169 yards for an interception. Um, and Benny Snell, the running back, ran 32 times for 102 yards um, and two touchdowns. So, you know, first, you know, want to get your initial reactions, Tyler, to the game. Before we dive into, obviously, the game and our thoughts on it, because I know I know we have a lot to say. I know you have a lot to say. I know I have a lot of thoughts on it as well. Uh, one thing I do want to give kudos to and uh, credit to the fans of William Bryce Stadium, I thought the atmosphere Saturday around game day and especially the atmosphere right before kickoff and the beginning of the game was absolutely phenomenal. One of the best I've seen. Um, it was a packed house. I thought everybody was wearing black. Um you know, the student section, I was really impressed, was really rowdy. Uh, talk about your experience in the student section, kind of what you thought of just the entire game day atmosphere um, at williams Bryce Saturday night. The student section, was, it was cool. Um, a lot of people, uh, you could tell there was a lot of freshmen. They didn't really know during a uh, sandstorm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like a lot of games we've seen. Uh, but everyone's wearing black. So, I don't know if that uh, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But the atmosphere was really good, especially after the – the first touchdown, but then, you know, after some blown opportunities, they kind of, we kind of just got mellowed out the entire game, which wasn't really good, but they didn't have much to cheer about to begin with. Yeah. That's diving into it. Obviously it's kind of inevitable. We, you know, talk yeah, about I couldn't the, help it. Yeah. The game itself, um, you know, South Carolina gets off to just a crazy start. I mean, it wasn't a touchdown. It wasn't a kickoff return for a touchdown, but literally the first play of the game, Jake Bentley uh, fakes the Rico Dowdle on the handoff, hits Debo Samuel on the slant. He goes, I think, 68 yards or so for the touchdown. 68. Yeah, 68 yards for the touchdown to start the game. The place is going crazy. South Carolina misses the extra point, sort of put a damper on it. Little did we know it was a sign of things to come in that game. Um, but literally the next drive, I think the, the third overall play of the game, Scott Moore gets an interception, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, things are about to get rolling right now. I, I thought – South Carolina's about to go up 13 nothing, 14 nothing, what have you. Things are about to get rolling. Um, what was your – I guess I'll ask you first, Tyler. What was your kind of your feelings, you know, after Scott Moore gets the pick, would you have ever expected the, the game to play out the way it did from that point? <laughs> I have this um, superstitious, and literally every time I see someone miss an extra point, like everything just goes downhill from there. It always does, all the time. Then we get the pick. And I'm like, oh, cool, you know, and 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 then everything that happened after that is just awful. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely never. It's always a sickening feeling when you miss a PAT because it's just so easy and it's just like it always comes. It, back you always back. it always comes back to haunt you. And maybe at that point, in points wise, it didn't for South Carolina, but definitely for just psyche of the kicking game, psyche of the game in general. Um, you know, and diving into. A little bit on the offense as well. You know, really, Tyler, it's crazy. We spent all of last week giving kudos to Kurt Roper, and we, we even formally apologized, but I thought oh, it was man. a really underwhelming oh, offensive – yeah, thought it was a really underwhelming offensive play-calling game. Really, really vanilla, especially in the running game. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, one time and specifically, South Carolina had second and one at the 50, ran up the middle, third and one, ran up the middle. Fourth and one, decided to run up the middle again. 
didn't convert on the fourth down at the 50-yard line. Um, the running game was absolutely non-existent all day. Um, the thing that shocked me, Tyler, Tyson Williams, no carries. I think he had like one catch or so, but no carries in the back. Seven yards. That's two it. catches, two catches, no carries in the backfield, though. Um, and especially in that situation when you have fourth and one, you know, you want your big back, I would imagine, in there. Tyson's like, what, 215? You put A.J. Turner there and say he's 185. Um, just a really, really bad overall day for Kurt Roper and company on the offensive play calling. It just, you know, and a lot of I know a lot of fans are asking, why don't you do the same play to the first play of the game with a Debo slant? And you know, I saw I got a lot of guys on Twitter that, you know, critique football for a living, obviously. And, you know, I saw it myself as well being in the stadium. You know, Kentucky really changed up their defensive game plan from that point. They were playing two safeties after that the entire time. I think they kind of went away from going on man-to-man because I think they kind of felt like, hey, we can't really cover Debo Samuel. And South Carolina just didn't adjust. I mean, I, it blew my mind Saturday how little we we threw the ball down the field. Um, I mean, really, the, the, the next time the South Carolina actually went down the field was the fourth quarter when they had that touchdown drive late, in the, like six minutes left in the game. And Jake Bentley goes over the top at Brian Edwards. He makes a play, makes a catch like 20 yards on the field or so. I mean, it just – it seemed really short, vanilla, predictable offense to me. Um, Tyler, I'll let you chime in. What was your – I guess your take, if you will, on the offensive play calling and like, you know, what would you – I guess I'll get let – you, let you chime in. What would you grade Kurt Roper overall for Saturday's performance? F plus. My uh, apology to Kurt Roper is completely retracted. And <laughs> – that's going to hurt for a long time. Uh, it's like when you get a, get a zero in school. It, it's hard to hard to recover from a zero. He gets a zero. Um, yeah, Tyson Williams not getting one. It's not like he was suspended or uh, made the coaches mad or something. He got, two, he got two catches. He was in there. Why not run him on third and short, second and short, fourth and short? I don't understand how you give a goal line carry to A.J. Turner. It doesn't make any sense. And then not throwing the ball down the field. Um, I believe Jake Bentley had 16 straight completions at, at one point in this game. And I don't know if one of them was over five yards from the line of scrimmage. You know, the last, the last couple of weeks, um, I've been like, oh, Jake Bentley, he, he played all right. Played all right. Didn't play bad. Took care of the ball. I don't think he played well at all in this game. Uh, that first throw was great, perfect, right on the money to Debo. And the throw to Brian Edwards was great. And the Ortray Smith touchdown was a great decision. Other than that, he missed so many plays that could have just completely prevented all of these stupid play calls on second and short, third and short, fourth and short. He just missed all the throws that needed to be made. And I feel like a lot of what happened in the game could have been prevented. Just some simple throws. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, that's definitely telling. I mean, it, the entire offense wasn't clicking. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Jake definitely missed some throws. Um, yeah, I know, like you said, he had like the 14 or 16, whatever it was, straight completions. But none were really down the field. I was disappointed in the lack of shots down the field they took. I mean, I, I don't really remember one, to be honest, one where they just really took a shot. You know, I mean, the way I look at it, you've got these talented guys on the outside. Let them try to go make a play. I mean, let them make a play for you. I mean, and this, it's not like – I mean – the offensive line, at least pass blocking, they weren't horrific. They weren't terrible. No. They, they were giving him time to, you know, if he wanted to drop back five steps and throw it on the field. He had the time, it just wasn't called. Um, and, I mean, the telling stat to me of the entire game, the offense, seven times they had the ball inside the 40, only came away with seven points. So, 
I mean, that you're just never – you're not going to win any games doing that. I told somebody South Carolina would have lost to anyone doing that. So Exactly. I believe that 100%. We would have lost to literally anybody on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, just no rhythm, you know, no consistency, a ton of dumb penalties where South Carolina – you know, I remember one in particular. I think they had like third and five and got back-to-back false starts or something like that. <laughs> He had seven penalties on the day. You game on a field goal that you hit right down the middle, then you make yeah. it 52 yards. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we can talk about the field goal kicking all day. I'll just completely take that out. But, man, like the one throw in particular that, that made me sick is he had all day, rolls out, Brian Edwards is on an island alone, automatic touchdown, and he throws off his back foot and underthrows it. Like – it would have complete. I believe that was the drive. We had fourth and one of the one and decided to run a shotgun outside run with AJ Turner instead. That that was a mind blowing call to me. Pounding that, it up the middle. That was. I, I will never understand the obsession. I understand people say like you want to spread the defense out, but I, when it's fourth and one at the one or the inch line, I just don't understand how you don't believe in your O lineman to get a push of one yard. I, I just to me. It's my grandfather used to say, if you can't get a yard, you honestly don't deserve to win. So just hand the ball. Here's my thing. Last year we had an an abysmal offense and every time we got the ball inside the 10, we ran a jet sweep. If you want to spread the defense out, run a jet sweep. And Debo wasn't in the game, but you could get it. We gave us a a jet sweep to Hayden Hurst last weekend and it worked like a charm. Do that again. Something. Because that play call was idiotic. Yeah, it was like the inverted veer on NCAA football. That's what it honestly looked like. Because Jake said he was reading the corner. The corner came off. It, it was just a terrible play. It was a terrible, terrible play on a play where you had to score. Like, you had to score. Like, that can't be the best play in the playbook. Yep. And, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that, you know, I had people behind me, around me. The, one of the things that irritates me the most when I'm in the stadium is people that think they're smarter than the coaches. Because I don't yep. think – if, if any fan or anyone was smart enough to be calling plays, they'd probably be getting paid to call plays. But, again, that you're fairly, you should be able to be questioned. And Kurt Roper, that it was an extremely, extremely questionable call, extremely baffling decision. I, I mean, to, to think that's the best, the best play call you could have came up with in that situation is, it's hard to believe. It's not believable. I, I mean, it's just period. Um, yeah, the, the the missed touchdown by Jake. He, I, I mean, Ty, let me ask you, how much do you think of it's just that Jake Bentley hasn't played his best game, or maybe that's just the kind of quarterback Jake Bentley is going to be for South Carolina? I know he's still young. I mean, he's this is, that was only his tenth start. I think he's going to get better, but I think right now it might be kind of the case where maybe Jake Bentley is the kind of quarterback he's going to have a big game and throw for three hundred, but he's sort of a gunslinger. He's gonna he's gonna take some shots and throw it in the coverage and. He's going to miss some throws he should probably hit, and he's probably going to make some throws that you say, wow, that's I can't believe he made that throw. I mean, how, do you think it's he's just not playing well, or do you think that's the kind of quarterback he's going to be? I don't know if it's either one of those. I think people just expect too much out of it. I don't think he's a gunslinger because he doesn't throw the ball down the field that much. He, for for the most part, he takes care of the football pretty well, except for – I mean, the second pick was after I, think, I had already left. After I guess he just – I don't know. Did you see it? Were you? Yeah. Oh, still? yeah, yeah. He. Uh, I mean, he just basically threw it up. I mean, he knew he had to just throw it up. We're down. Yeah. I mean, you're down ten with a minute left. There's yeah, no point. So I don't care about that one. I don't care. Like the one uh, to Debo, the other pick in the NC State game. 
he just threw it down the sideline. They were going to punt it anyway. So, I mean, right. they told him just throw it as far as you I, can pretty much. I think almost sometimes he's too timid. I think almost sometimes he should let it go when he doesn't. I mean, there, there's a couple times you'll see him, like, double clutch. It's like, dude, if you if you think it's there, just let it go, bro. Just yeah. let the receiver make a play. I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to get on you for not making a play, but when you double clutch and then get sacked, it's like I, I'd almost rather you just th- – if, if you're throwing it deep down the field, like I said, it's like a punt anyways. I mean, be obviously aware and you want to take care of the football, but – Man, like, just if you think it's there, just let it go. I mean, I thought, yeah, I just I thought just he was timid know. a couple times Saturday, but I think he has the confidence. To, he's just, I mean, it's just that simple. I mean, I think he'll get better. I'm not saying he's a bad right. quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he's just got to got to be more accurate and set your feet on important throws, and yeah, just don't throw it over people's head or underthrow it. It's that simple, right? And yeah, I, I, I mean, I definitely don't think that loss Saturday was Jake Bentley's fault by any no, means. I mean, I thought – I honestly, I thought he played a pretty solid game. I mean, you, anytime you're over 300 yards, I mean, they wouldn't even been in that situation of where in the fourth quarter – I mean, it was a one-score game. They wouldn't even been in that situation without Jake Bentley. But the running game just – I mean, we you know, we ignored it the first two weeks. South Carolina's lack – you know, we, we gave credit to the NC State D-line. We gave credit to, you know, maybe Missouri's game plan, if you will. But – it's clear that South Carolina has a serious inability to run the football, and they're just not going to win a lot of games, you know, a lot more games rushing for 40 yards. I just I, The thing that blew my mind today, and, and I know, like I said, again, I know South Carolina has played some stiff competition at this point, a lot better teams than a lot of other teams can say they've played. But South Carolina right now is 112th in offense in, in the yeah, country. I, and, I mean, yeah. that – with the type of players that are on this offense, the type of quarterback – the running backs, all the pieces. There's just no excuse for that. There, there's no excuse to be that low of production, you know. And we sort of, like I said, we sort of ignored it in NC State when you only had 265 yards offense. The flow of that game, just the way it went. Winning covers up a lot of things. It just you don't think about a lot of things. But South Carolina's offensive production, especially from the running side, has to just pick it up. I mean, these running backs are too, too good to be going eight carries for 23 yards. And I'll be honest, Rico Dowdle's got to step it up. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Rico. I know he's not getting a ton of help from the offensive line, but he just – he don't like the same guy to me. I no, don't. a lot of times I noticed because, I mean, if you're the opposite way from the student section, you notice a lot of things on the offensive line. And there were so many runs. It wasn't just Rico, but, you know, other guys, they'd get a hole – but they just run directly into the defensive tackle, like directly into them when there's clearly a hole. You know, I, I'm not a running back. I mean, I don't know the X's and O's that well. But, it, it, I mean, it seems like you'd want to make a cut or try to cut it to the outside, try to cut it to the inside, not just run directly into the guy on third and one or second and five, something like that. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and, like, you know, I know we've already harped on it, but like you said, I mean – you had a guy, Tyson Williams, that was your hottest running back last week, and he doesn't get a touch. That, that to me, is the most inexcusable part. That, that I don't know how that can happen. I don't know how you can even allow that to happen. I mean, if you're really going to play it, and it goes on Bobby Bentley and Kurt Roper, if you're going to play it by who has the hot hand, wouldn't you think coming into this game, you might be like, he might, you know, carry that momentum from Missouri into this game? That, to me. Not even that, but you see that. Neither one of the running backs you're playing has the hot hand. Maybe if we use our philosophy correctly, 
hey, we'll try this third guy. Maybe he'll have the hot hand, and we'll just give it to him. Yeah, I mean, like I, and like we've talked about the first two weeks, Tyler, they can, you know, well, yeah, the first two weeks we talked about it. They can say whatever they want about the stats not mattering, but if you can't run the ball and you get, you know, you let the other team hold it for 37 minutes and you only get it for 23, you're just going to lose. You're going to lose every game. You need, you need to run the ball for many reasons. Help, help Jake Bentley out for one. But for two, get get your time possession on your side and control the game. I mean – that to me is a given, but um, Jake Bentley. One thing we got to touch on, unfortunately, Jake Bentley will be out one. Will be without one of his top targets for an extended period of time. Debo Samuel um, went down. I believe it was in the third quarter. Um, fractured his fibula. I believe it was. Is that right, Tyler? Do you know? Uh, uh, bone fractured his leg. Said, and then Debo says it's his ankle. I mean, we still don't have a clear. Yeah. Either way, it's a leg injury. It's a lower leg injury. Uh, at first, Muschamp said in the postgame presser that Debo Samuel would be done for the season. Debo Samuel went to Twitter, said he would be five to six weeks. His mother also said that as well. So I think we're going to get a lot more clarity tomorrow in Will Muschamp's weekly presser that he does. But obviously, you know, either way, Tyler, it's a huge loss for right. South Carolina. And now it turns to, you know, who is South Carolina in this offense going to turn to to make explosive plays. It's, it's really – it's honestly sad. I mean, for Debo Sim, he's fought so hard through injuries and all that to get back to where he was. And the type of start he was having this season to see him go down is just – it's awful, really. It, it's awful. So, yeah, I got, I got back to my car after the game. I was just literally furious. And I got back in the car. I was trying to listen to the radio, listen to some callers, sound stupid. And then I look at my Twitter and see that, and my heart literally sank. Not so much just because we're probably South Carolina's probably going to lose some games uh, because of that, but man, he had six touchdowns in like seven quarters of football, and then something like that happens. It's just awful. Yeah, I mean, at, at least hopefully, you know, he'll be able to come back sooner rather than later. Hopefully, the five week mark puts him probably coming back around week nine, week ten probably give him two or three games and maybe the bowl game. Uh, you know, obviously assuming they make the bowl game. You know, assuming, assuming there is a bowl game. I don't know. Um, yeah, give him at least two or three more games. Um, from a selfish side, as a South Carolina fan, maybe this almost guarantees he comes back next year. Then again, a guy that has had that many injuries might say screw it and try to go take on the NFL draft. I mean – Honestly, what you know? What do you have to gain coming back? The possibility of getting hurt again? I don't know. That's looking way, way down the road. But I honestly we obviously don't see him playing again this year. I don't think. Yeah. Don't think it's worth playing him. To be honest, I don't think he'll play again this year. Yeah. Well, with that, yeah. I mean, with with that being said, either way, they're going to have to find somebody else to step up at the wide receiver position, and not even just that, just a leader as a playmaker. Um, moving on, to the defense. Um, South Carolina defensively, I, I really didn't think they. I thought they played really well. I, I mean. They got a really fast start with the Sky Moore pick. He's two he's two interceptions now away from setting the school record for interceptions. Um, the biggest complaint I think all South Carolina fans have, myself included, just the inability to get off the field on third down. I mean, Kentucky was six of eight in the first half. Uh, really, you know, Kentucky over this winning streak, they've had the tendency to gut the South Carolina deep gut, gut the South Carolina defense um, as far as running the ball. South Carolina knew it was coming, couldn't stop it. I didn't really have that feeling in this game. Um, you know, Kentucky, I really just thought was kind of bleeding the clock, you know, pesky little three, four-yard runs. 
I mean, Benny Snow had a good day, don't get me wrong, but 30 carries for 102 yards. If you'd have told me you'd have had that before the game, I probably would have said I'd take it. I mean, it's not great yeah. numbers, but I would take it after what Kentucky's done on the ground. And, I mean, Steven Johnson's number, I mean, pedestrian 16 to 25 for 169. There's nothing special there. Um, I, I mean, 100% Tyler, I don't know. My personal opinion, I don't blame the defense at all for this game. I thought the defense played far well enough to win. Um, forced two turnovers. Again, they were opportunistic. Gave the offense the ball twice inside the 40. Um, talk about your overall thoughts on on the defense and what you saw Saturday night from them. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't believe the defense were lost at all. I mean, any if any complaint I have, it's, you know, they didn't tackle as well as they did the first two games. Um, other than that, I mean, they forced two turnovers. Your, your offense is supposed to score on turnovers, whether it's a field goal, um, <laughs> If you could score one point, that'd be cool too. I mean, anything, and it's they're both inside Kentucky territory. You have to score off a turnover, and you know they were both just awful three and outs. Like they weren't even close. So I mean, you know, after the after you don't score on two straight turnovers, I mean, how how much can you depend on the defense to just continuously stop Kentucky? So I mean, if you can't score points, it's hard for that defense to just keep making stop after stop after stop. You know, and they gave them a chance towards the end of the game. They kept going three and out or, uh, you know, going forward on fourth down and not getting it. You know, stuff like that. I mean, it just wears out the defense. And I don't have the time of possession numbers on me, but I'm pretty sure it was, you know, they were in the, the mid-30s of time. Yeah, they, they held it for 36 minutes and 49 seconds. Yeah, that's awful. You know, that defense was probably gassed almost the entire game. So, yeah, I don't blame them at all. I mean, Sky Moore getting that pick – you know, I went insane, probably more insane than I did on the touchdown because I really thought that they were just going to blow it open, and they didn't. Yeah, no, I can, oh, I completely agree with you. I mean, and that's the thing. I caught a, one thing I want to address. I caught a lot of flack after the game for my, my prediction, 41-10 prediction. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I caught, you know, a lot of people texted me that I didn't even know. Saw the, you know, saw even followed armchair South Carolina. Um, but really what I want to remind people is that game had the makings to be that type of blowout. And if you don't think so, you really should probably go back and watch it. I mean, South Carolina scores on the first play of the game. They get the interception third play of the game. If they score there, it's, let's just assume they – let's just pretend they make the extra point, God forbid. It's 14 nothing. Right there, you I mean, you got Kentucky down, and they're in a madhouse. I mean, that, South Carolina's crowd was just itching to go crazy. I mean, I could, you could feel it. I mean, they, it's just every little thing. That crowd was itching to go insane, and the offense just could give them nothing to get excited about. I mean, you get up 14-0 there, and then the next possession you turn it over again on a fumble. Imagine, it's 21 nothing. I, I mean, that game had the makings of a blowout, and South Carolina just didn't capitalize, just period. And, like, I agree with you. Like you said, there's only so much you can ask the defense to do. I, I mean, after they go get the ball twice in the 40 and can't score, I mean, it's like you're asking the defense to do a lot. I mean, Kentucky's a solid team. And, you, you know, let's not – Kentucky won the ball game fair and square. They deserve to win. They outplayed the Gamecocks. They, out, they outclassed the Gamecocks. So, you can't ask the defense to do much more than they did than handing – just handing the ball on a silver platter to the offense. I mean, if you would have told me before the game that South Carolina would get the ball twice inside the 40 in the first quarter and not get any points, I probably would have said you were crazy. I'd be like, those are two touchdowns, easy money. That's it. E- easy money, 14 nothing. 
give me the points. I, I mean, instead, you go three and out, like you said. I mean, the one thing I'll say I was very impressed with, T.J. Brunson, who was one of my key matchups, had led the team in tackles. He held C.J. Conrad to just, I think, like 36 yards receiving. So, T.J. continues to impress. Um, you know, he's uh, he's definitely progressing. I mean, he, he's going to be the guy, obviously. I think we can both agree. He's going to be the guy that leads this this linebacking core when Sky leaves after this season. I mean, he's he's a beast. He's played, his, he's played you know, very, very well. Um, I thought – I don't know. You can say Jamarcus King had a subpar game, but I think this is just kind of the Jamarcus King we're going to have to live with. Yeah. Um, he, you know, I mean, he didn't have a terrible game. Don't get me wrong, but there were a few plays. But I'll, I'll, I'll he, it it's the fans around me. Every time the ball is thrown his way, it's like people yelling, "Turn your head around!" Turn your. Head. I'm like, he's not going to turn his head around, man. Just stop. I'm like, still yeah. holding to my uh, my point that Rashad Fenton is almost an elite SEC cornerback because he had his insane game. Yeah, I mean that he, he's doing an insane job because I don't think I've heard his name once. There you go. I'm I, telling you, I haven't even heard it. I I feel like I haven't even seen him make a tackle. There's something to it, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, these teams, no. I, I mean, to me, it's just they're not going to do it. It would be they're not going to do it this year. They don't have the depth. But if they had the depth, I, I would be very, I would be very interested to see if they would move Jamias Williams down the corner. Yeah. But they they won't do it simply because of depth. I don't think they can really shuffle them around like that. But it gets to the point, man, where, you know, you become a liability in that cornerback position. Yeah. See, Jemias on that, I guess it was the second play of the game. Uh, I don't remember exactly what he did, but I remember yelling his name, like, come on. And then very next play, he makes up for it. He gets a fumble recovery. Or that, yeah. I guess that was the second series of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like that, that as well. Yeah, yeah Jam you had make a, a big play after you mess up. And yeah, you Jam don't see had that a, out of Jamarcus King. Yeah, Jam had a. It was like a blown coverage or something. Just a bad play. I remember exactly what you said because I remember turning to the guy next to me saying, "Hey, that's how you make up for it." You know what I mean? Yeah. Got the fumble recovery. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've read a lot, you know, since the game that oh, the bend but don't break defense that finally broke. I mean, they gave up twenty three points, but. What what are you supposed like you said? What you, that defense was gassed. I mean that defense was gassed. What are they supposed to do? Not being able to convert on those turnovers, it just changes the whole layout of the game. It just puts your defense. I mean, it puts your defense in a really really bad position. I mean, so I think it's sort of unfair to try to sit here and blame the defense for this and that. I mean, because to, to me, honestly, even when South Carolina through that touchdown to Orche Smith in the fourth quarter. I didn't even get that excited because even at that point, I was like, we don't deserve to win this game. I got really excited because I, I felt like like South Carolina's luck was really, really changing. And I was excited because <laughs> I really liked Orche Smith and he finally scored a touchdown. But. Yeah, I, I just – I don't – in my – it was like to the point I was so dejected by that point. I was like, I, I just – I don't really know how we're going to win this game. I don't know that we really deserve to win this game. I, I mean, obviously, I would have taken the win either way. Right. I just wanted something to cheer about and it happened. But, and then, Right. I yeah. thought we were going to stop him yeah. again, and God forbid, Jamarcus King just takes the worst angle on a 54-yard yeah, quarterback a, scramble. How do you not have someone a, covering the quarterback on that? And especially when that's something Johnson's really capable of doing. Yet you, you just had nobody in the middle, and just it was painful to watch him. Just it felt like that was the longest run ever. It felt like he was running in <laughs> slow motion. Yeah, like that play just took. It just watching him just it just took forever. Just like wow. 
No, there goes your chance to win the game. You know the longest, the longest run ever. Josh Dobbs, 2014, that run he scored before halftime. That felt like an eternity. Yeah, that too. I saw it yeah. as soon as it happened. Oh, that's one of the worst games I've ever been to. But I won't get into that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, agreed. No, agreed. Now, one thing we're going to talk about as well because we have to use the special teams. Something that had been, you know, a really, a really bright spot for South Carolina. First two games, all the kickoff returns and solid in the punt game, the coverage game. But one thing that, Tyler, we had talked about is that kickers really hadn't had to do anything. We hadn't really had to kick field goals. Um, I mean, extra points have been made. I think that's something you sort of expect. But it really hadn't been tested in the field goal game. And that showed its ugly face. Um, I guess the first question I have for you is, is, is this the worst kicking performance that we've ever seen from a South Carolina team? Like, I don't think I've ever watched a South Carolina game. I mean, first – South Carolina hasn't had to worry about a kicker in a while. They, they yeah, really haven't. But really spoiled with great kickers. That might be the worst kicking performance I've ever seen, period. I mean, that was brutal. That was brutal. I, I mean, Parker White's named the starting kicker now. Um, he went 0 for 2, misses a 52 and 54 yards. Alexander Wozniak missed a field goal as well. Um, you know, obviously the missed extra point. To start the game, like you said, just puts a bad feeling in your stomach. Man, talk, Tyler, I look, talk about the kickers. I mean, <laughs> I mean what, what did they what did you close? Say? Like, I don't know what there is to say. I think the 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 missed extra point kind of ruined their confidence. To be honest, uh, I think if they make that extra point, they at least make one of those field goals. Um, the forty-seven yarder. He split right down the middle, and there was a delay of game. How do you have a delay of game on a field goal? How? I, I don't understand. Agreed, yeah. So, uh, yeah. he would have made that one, and then, you know, every time someone gets iced like that, they're going to miss. But yeah. What was the one? Was it, was it Wozniak that had, like, the, the kick where it's like he – it felt like he just chunked it. Like, I, I don't know if it was him. I think it was him because I think the 54-yard – maybe it wasn't. There was one kick, though, where literally – I think it was Wozniak that kicked it, and he pushed it right. And literally, the second it came off his foot, you just hear the whole crowd go, "Oh my yep. god!" I remember that. I mean, I don't you just, know when I mean, it was. It wasn't. It's that's the craziest thing. These kickers, these kicks aren't like going up and turning. They're not even good off the foot. I mean, they're. It's like when you hit a putt, and literally the <laughs> second it comes off the putter, you're like, "Nope, it's no no chance." It has. No chance from the second it comes to the book. That's how these kicks were. I, I mean, fooling to think. I, I mean, I know that they're a lot better than they show. They have to be because they have to name someone a starting kicker. They they have to do it in practice. But you would think that they'd have more trouble. I mean, obviously, Wozniak missed his first one on the road at Missouri. Then he made the second one. you think they'd kick better at home. But, I mean, I don't know if the two too amped up or nervous in front of eighty thousand people. You know, you can't simulate that, obviously. But I just, it was so crazy. I just remember him kicking that in the whole stadium. Just, oh god, it's not even. I mean, close. I went into the kicks. I didn't think he was going to make any of them. To be honest. So, I mean, if he had just made one of them, or either one of them would have made one of them, I would have, you know, I would have been impressed. But because after that extra point, I mean, that's the first time we missed an extra point in four years. Um, yeah, because so, Elliot Fry never missed one, right? There you go. Maybe he missed his first one. I, I don't think he ever missed one, actually. But you think about it. I mean, as bad as South Carolina played, 
three missed field goals and a missed extra point. He loses by 10. Yeah. I, you t- I mean, that's the craziest thing. And, I mean, honestly, if you make those field goals, it probably changes the entire psyche of the game because it's a lot different coming away with points than it is, you know, just coming nothing. Right. So You get something. You get to kick off the ball. And right, exactly. Good field position, you know, stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, so – like I said, Parker White gets the starting job. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of a lot of questions to answer in the kicking game, special teams overall. And now, speaking of special teams, the Debo Samuel injury, you're going to have somebody new returning kicks. Do they let a young guy like a Shai Smith or Jamias Williams return? Do they put Rico Dowdle back there? I mean, somebody else has got to go with A.J. Turner. I mean, I saw they, they shuffled in a bunch of different guys. I believe um, in uh, the third quarter after Debo was hurt. I think it was it was Rico and AJ Turner back there, right? I may be wrong because I mean I was almost no. I saw Rico there. back there as well. Why not sure. put Rashad Fenton back there? I mean he he returned one against LSU. Yeah. Two years ago. I don't I know. Mean, why. I mean, I guess if you lose Fenton, your defense is completely shattered. You know, yeah, the yeah, depth on defense kind of ruins that idea. Yeah, you're screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you can't expect to just run back touchdowns every week either. So no, no, that's that's true. We were spoiled gonna, there. And you're not going to replace Debo Samuel. There's nobody on the roster that's going to have the kind of ability he has to make those plays, at least nobody that we know about. So, Yeah, just um, catch the ball and either, you know, run, let it go out of bounds or get it back at the 20. Exactly, yeah. And that kind of leads me in, Tyler, to like some of my key takeaways I want to talk about. Um, the first thing that we mentioned, I mean, a new, new leader at wide receiver has to step up. You know, who's gonna who's it going to be? We saw Orstray Smith get the big touchdown catch. Is he going to be a guy that's going to be dependable? I mean, I think obviously now Brian Edwards is your number one go-to. Um, you've got guys like Shy Smith. I mean, again, we mentioned Ortray Smith. Chad Terrell caught a pass Saturday night. Um, Randricus Davis is back and healthy in the fold. I thought he looked pretty good, actually. Uh, he's a pretty quick guy out there. You've got guys, again, the tight end group, Hayden Hurst. Guys like maybe, maybe finally Casey Crosby will start getting the ball. Actually, and before I say that, though, he had a bad drop Saturday. I'm not going to – he had a – I don't know if you remember that. He had one hit him right in the hands. Which one? Uh, Casey Crosby had one. Had oh, bad, yes. He had, a, he had a bad drop Saturday. Really I mean, bad. I don't know that it really would have gone for more than like a seven or eight-yard game. No, yeah. It hit him right in the chest. I know Brian I mean, had one, too, that was like a, a quick slant and right in his hands dropped it. Right. But. You know, those kind of plays didn't didn't affect the game. Right. You know, exactly, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, guys like Casey Crosby needs to step up. You know, even maybe a Keel Pollard, just just somebody else. There's got to be um, some new leaders at wide receiver, like I said, with Brian Edwards leading the way. I think they're going to use – they're going to have to use Ortray Smith a ton now, um, get Chad Terrell reps. They've got a good opponent coming up to do it against in Louisiana Tech, even though they're a solid, you know, solid team. No, all, just, all due respect – should be able to team you can get some guys in and find out who are going to be the leaders kind of at that position. Um, you know, and Tyler, I think the number one thing, honestly, to take away from this is South Carolina is just not going to win many more games without a running game. I mean, you know, the inability to run the football. It, you just can't – Jake Bentley's a really good quarterback. Let's give him all the credit in the world. But he's just not going to win a lot of games by himself. Nope. It's just not going to do it. And I've, I tell people over and over, football is – it will always be a game of who controls the line of scrimmage and the team that runs the ball and stops the run is the team that's going to win. It, just every single week. And I, I watched – I'm not sure if you watched the Will Muschamp TV show, whatever. I he did it. Well, I watched it today, actually. He said something that I completely agree with. He said he told the team where they left the hotel, I can promise you, you know, most likely 
if we're standing here after the game and I'm telling you that we we ran for more yards than they did, there's a we probably won the game. But if they ran for more yards than we did, I can't guarantee you that we're going to win the game. And I mean, with South Carolina's ability to throw the ball, even when Kentucky knew they were throwing, they were able to still kind of move it downfield. Imagine if that running game gets going. I just I think you have to be able to run the football. They've got to find a way. They've got to find some sort of consistency and rhythm with these running backs because what they're doing right now is just not going to cut it. They just got to get more creative, man. I mean, it, it seems like, you know, the play yeah, that too. is getting back to like it was last year. You're not taking chances. There's there's no creativity whatsoever. It's, it's just maybe in the Kentucky game. I mean, I love the play calling in the Missouri game. I thought they were aggressive, you know, but I, I don't think they were in Kentucky at all. And I, I'd love to hear reasoning behind it because, I mean, I don't think – that Kurt Roper just went out there and like and just said, "Hey, let me let me just call an awful game here. I don't want to score." I mean, <laughs> there has to be some kind of logical reasoning, you know, behind the the things that they did. And I'm, I think tomorrow is going to be really telling in Must Chance press conference. We're going to learn a lot. Um, I'm excited to watch that press conference to hear pretty much everything that went down because we didn't hear much uh, after Saturday night's press conference. No, yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, it, it, God, it was really vanilla Saturday, and it just. It blows my mind because in that type of game, everything has been so hyped up. The athletic department's hyped it up for just since August, really. I mean, this felt like it kind of had the atmosphere of one of the bigger, you know, night games at Williams-Brice, kind of like the days of, you know, when you played Georgia at night. I know it's Kentucky. It's not the brand name, but this was a big game. This was a really, really, really big game. It was an opportunity more than anything. Yeah, That's it was, why I was so just dejected. Yeah, it was an opportunity to kind of put South Carolina, just show the world, like, hey, South Carolina, we're for real. Kentucky hasn't hasn't surpassed us in the SEC and the SEC East, anything of that nature. Put all that that talk to rest, and instead, I mean, I just that, that wasn't the night to come out and be vanilla on offense. It wasn't the night to not take shots. I mean, if you're gonna go down, go down swinging. Yep. Go, go down with your best. Don't go down with this vanilla play calling. This this conservative running, this – this, I mean, honestly, I'll tell you this. If South Carolina can't get a yard on three straight plays, then yet they don't deserve to win. Just period, bottom line. But if you get stopped on second and one and you get stopped on third and one, you might want to switch something up. I, I don't, I'm not saying you don't have to run it, but you might want to go to something else, a different set, a different just, – just anything. Just mix it up a little bit and – I, I don't know. Like I said again, I'm just I'm not the person that understands when you're fourth and one of the one why you don't go in the I formation and just hand the ball. I, I mean, I'd rather QB get stuffed that way. QB sneak it. QB exactly. the line. Try something. Just something creative. Anything. Or I'd rather you throw the fader out than, than do what they did. I, I mean, yeah. let Brian go up and get the football. Let Blake Mitchell come throw a fade to Sidney Ryan. Something. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, it's. It's a humbling loss. I mean, South Carolina, it, the one thing I wanted to say, because everyone, I listened a little bit of 107.5 the game today, Tyler, and everyone's obviously just so negative, putting the team down, just all this, you know, the sky is falling type mentality. And, you know, that's to be expected. I mean, obviously, South Carolina fans take this very, very seriously. And this is, you know, th- this was a huge missed opportunity, like you said. And it's just, it's inexcusable to lose to Kentucky, let alone lose to Kentucky four years in a row. Um, but the one thing I want to say is this can be a really big learning opportunity for South Carolina because they are still a young team. Um, if they can refocus, regroup, learn from – because honestly, it's, I think South Carolina might have got the big head. I don't know. I mean, 
I don't know how you can come into a game and play that flat in front of a crowd that's that fired up. I mean, in a game that, you, like you said, is that big of an opportunity for the entire program, I just – I don't know if they thought they were just going to roll their helmets out there and win or what they thought, but it just didn't look like they were they were ready to play. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I, I agree. I don't want to understand. Did you watch the uh, the video that they had coming out of the tunnel – and then they go out into sandstorm and stuff like that. I did, yeah. And I saw like Hayden Hurst was pumping up the crowd, and like, like that got me hyped. So I mean, I don't think they they weren't ready to play. They just played poorly. Yeah, more, yeah. I guess more so poor so poor execution. Um, Tyler, what were your? I guess I know we have a ton of takeaways that we have from the game. Was there anything to you that like you're taking away from this game? Moving not so much even about the game, but moving into the rest of the 2017 season. Yeah, yeah, you got to be able to run the ball. I mean, everyone was promised a three running backs and how how great they're going to be and you're going to give it to the guy with the hot hand. That didn't happen. Uh, it didn't happen at all. So this week's going to be really telling against Louisiana Tech. Uh, I mean, the, your crowd that you would have had for Louisiana Tech probably dropped by a good 10,000 by losing to Kentucky. Um, this is going to be a hard game to get hyped for probably. I mean, I'm not even – Jack, I don't even want to go. So, I mean, they're going to have a hard time getting getting ready for that game. I feel, and they got to come out and prove something. They they got to use it to prove something because, I mean, I predicted to be two and one after three games, but not like that. I mean, that's just bad. Yeah, and that's actually I was looking ahead. You know, obviously our listener questions. That's something that somebody had said that. You know, that's – I don't want to look at it like the sky is falling because, like no, you said, if you that. ask any team – if you ask any South Carolina fan, hey, I'll give you two and one after the three games, everyone would have taken it. But like you said, two and one losing to Kentucky is just – that's tough. That's really tough. They're I not mean, being competitive in the game either. Not, it, yeah, the way you lost too. I mean, it'd be, it'd be different if you were in a dogfight and lost at the end. It's like, hey, like, right. you know, whatever. But to come, to come out and not even be competitive on your home turf is – it's a hard pill to swallow. It's 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 a tough, tough loss. I mean, Tyler, do you what do you think the impact for the South Carolina program? I, I don't want to get like too it because I just feel like this has been harped on so much. I, I don't want to get too too deep into this, but what do you think the overall impact on the program is, the perception of South Carolina football, recruiting impact? What do you what impact do you think happened Saturday night from that game? I don't think recruits are going to, you know, like decommit based on one game, but it, it doesn't help. It doesn't help for the four-star guys that were there, like Chan, um, Chandler – what's his name? Tyndall? Channing Tyndall, yeah. Channing Tyndall. Um, you know, uh, Dax Hollifield and um, Rick Sandage. I mean, I think Rick Sandage is, is going to commit here anyways. But, you know, four-star guys like that, I mean, they see this great environment, then they go see the team that they're potentially going to go play for just lay an egg. Um, so I don't, I mean, I've, I never played football, so I don't see it from their standpoint, but I don't know if they see it like, wow, they didn't prepare well, or wow, I can go help them. You yeah, know, that's, that that's what way. I was going to say. I think that's the, 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 uh, what must champel pitch to these guys is, Hey, you can come, you got a chance to play right away with us, you know, especially in our areas of need, um, yeah. for sure. So one thing <laughs> I don't want to touch on this too much, but I feel like I had to bring it up. The uh the failure of the 2001 revamped interest with the Flames, <laughs> only one of the I don't even know what they're called, one of the stands with the Flames that come out, only one of them went off out of four. 
just pretty much summed up the entire night. Um, <laughs> yeah, I noticed and, it, but I didn't think anything about it for the rest of the game until I saw it. I didn't either, but it's – yeah. And I was yeah. like, wow, they really did screw that up. They did. They did for sure. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. It, it's it's maddening that South Carolina lost for a fourth straight year. I, it's hard to really put into words. I, I mean, I don't – and it's hard to swallow and say that Kentucky right now is ahead of South Carolina is because I don't genuinely down deep really believe that. I just don't think that Kentucky – in football is a better football program than the University of South Carolina. I really, I really don't think that. Um, and you know, giving fans a little perspective. Tommy Moody made a great point in one of seven five the game. He was talking about it obviously, and he said, you know, this 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 isn't in the world. I mean, things can change really quickly. If you just think four years ago, South Carolina had beaten Clemson five years in a row. <laughs> look at look at now. Look where Clemson is as a program now. Look at South Carolina. So. Things can change very quickly, and I don't want South Carolina fans to have this woe is me, sky is falling, the season is over, because South Carolina still has some winnable games coming up. You beat Louisiana Tech. It's a game you should definitely win. You're 3-1 and one, going to Texas A&M that's in some real trouble. I they mean, train there's, wreck. there's still a lot to play for. I mean, there's still a lot to play for. This And this one's a tough game. And the best thing for South Carolina to do, we'll talk more about it on uh, our next show later this week, but the best thing South Carolina can do is go out and play a solid football game on Saturday and get a win and get this taste out of their mouth. Right. That That is the absolute best thing that this program can do. Um, so one thing we're going to do, we're going to give out game balls, Tyler, even in a loss. <laughs> We've got to give out game balls. I'll go first. For offense um, – I'm going to go Jake Bentley, honestly. Um, I know he didn't play his best game, but I just think without number 19, South Carolina's offense would be in a world of hurt. I don't know if they just scored a point with Brandon McIlwain back there. So, I mean, Jake Bentley needs some help. I, I still give him credit for hanging in there, though, um, playing his tail off. Oh, throw for over 300 yards, like I said. Um, and then on defense, I mentioned him earlier that I'm going to go T.J. Brunson. Did a great job in covering their tight end, C.J. Conrad. Um, led the team in tackles. Like I said, he's just a guy coming into his own, being a real leader of this defense. So, I, you know, I thought that uh, T.J. Runson played another outstanding game. So, All right. Um, I'll go with Debo Samuel because he had me really excited for just a few minutes to start out the night. Uh, that was a great play call. Um, I don't know how – I watched the I watched the replay for the first time today. I don't know how he beat those safeties down the field because they took a good angle and he still beat them. Um, yep, so I'll give that to Debo Samuel. And on defense, um, you know, I want to go Sky Moore. Can I get the two? Can I get yeah, the tie? Yeah, fine. That's fine. You know, the defensive line didn't play that well, but Dante Sawyer was in the backfield almost every single play. You know, I, I feel like he had a really good night. And Sky Moore, that interception really could have changed the game. Uh, it's not his fault that the offense, you know, didn't execute. Um, so, so both of them, he really stood out to me on defense. Awesome. All right. Well, perfect. Well, as you can imagine, Tyler, after a loss, we've got a ton of listener questions. Um, I'm going to pick a couple out of here. I don't want to – there's some of them that are just really long. Oh, this top one. Yeah, I can – yeah. So, this one comes from Twitter, at Gamecock Blogger. Um, the first question, worst loss in the must-champ era, Kentucky 2017, USF 2016, Clemson 2016 or other? Tyler, I'll let you start with that one. What do you think the worst loss of the Muschamp area is to this point? Clemson 1 million gazillion percent. That was absolutely the worst performance I've ever seen of South Carolina football. 
That's why I want to answer that because that was awful. <laughs> Way we're, you know, we're, we're overreacting about this Kentucky thing. You know, if that, if we would have just showed up and forced two turnovers and in a couple of minutes against Clemson last year, uh, a lot of people would have been happy. Uh, so the Clemson loss is way more demoralizing than this Kentucky loss because, you know, there are still, what, nine games after this one? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. This one's pretty bad just because of just because of everything that was on the line. Like you said, the opportunity this game presented. And it's not even that. It's the way this game was hyped up with the blackout that was announced a month ago with – Everything riding on this game, but I will agree with you. Clemson was a horrible loss, and that was just a not even a competitive game. Um, it was humiliating, but that's a good word. I, I'm personally, I'm going to go with this Kentucky game just because on the national championship. So it's like that one hurt, but like okay, they're just that much better than us. But to lose to Kentucky for a fourth year in a row to a Mark Stoops coach team, yeah, it's just it is, it's maddening. Um, next question. Gamecock bloggers got a couple, so we're going to roll through them. How do our bowl chances look at this point? Tyler, I'll go first. Uh, I, I still think pretty good. You're two and one. You've got winnable games. You should be three and one after this weekend. No, the thing about it is a lot of teams that you play don't look very good either. So I, that that's one thing I try to keep in perspective. I mean, as bad as South Carolina fans feel, how do you think LSU fans, Texas A&M fans, Tennessee fans, there's a lot of fans right now that don't feel good this week. So I think their bowl chances honestly look pretty good. Yeah, I don't think they changed at all. So, I mean, you still have two very winnable games. I don't say very winnable. You should win against Louisiana Tech, and you should beat Walford. That puts you at, what, four Four wins? Four wins, yeah. If you can't beat two more teams out of the rest of the schedule, then who are we kidding? Right, you got some issues. Um, Let's see. Is Kurt Roper the issue with the offense? Bentley is missing throws in the run game. Is abandoned and effect in and ineffective? Tyler, what do you think? What was the question? Was How, uh, is one. Kurt Roper the issue with the offense? Oh, not really. Uh, he's a large part of it. I mean, after two games, we weren't complaining at all. Um, you know, I'd like to see what what occurs this week before I make that that assumption. I don't think Kurt Roper is a problem right now. That was just an awful, awful game plan going in. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a mixture of it's. It's not on one person. It's a mixture of everybody. Lack of execution, but definitely the lack of creativity. This is going to be a big week for Kurt Roper. This, I mean, this Louisiana Tech game. It may not be the premier matchup or the you know primetime game, but I need to see something from that offense. I need to see something from the play calling perspective. I don't need you know. We need to see something besides a vanilla very basic play calling. So um, moving on from Reddit, this one comes from fire Kurt Roper. We tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. Fire Kurt Roper. Awesome. I think he made that username the last 24 hours. Um, why can't we run the ball from under center on third and short and fourth and short? Seems as if our offensive coordinator is shooting himself in the foot with all these unconventional play calls. I don't know. That is a great question. I mean, they've, that's the thing they've talked about, you know, we're practicing under center. We're going under center. We can play under center. Third and short and fourth and short seems like a really good time to go under center, in my opinion. And it hadn't happened. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, don't know. I honestly may have made that Twitter last year at some point, and somehow they got the password. Yep. But like I said earlier, I don't know the X's and O's like like they do. They get paid for it. Um, there has to be some kind of 
reason for it, and I think it's going to be attacked tomorrow in the press conference. So by the time this is up, we may already know the answer. All right, absolutely. Um, this one comes from Reddit, our good friend J.S. Hokey. One, Jake Bentley threw like 14 straight completions at some point, so why did we immediately turn and run through run through the right tackle three straight plays from the two? It's not always fair to blame play calling and the OC for it all, but I feel justified in this case. Um, Tyler, I'll, I'll let you uh, tackle that one first. That's another extremely swell question that I don't have the answer to. Yeah, I'll say this, though. When you have the ball at the two-yard line, first and goal, you should be able to run it in. You, you really should. I, I mean, you got to mix it up, yes. And I don't have a problem with running the ball so much as, like, the the, the type of runs they were going to. It, it just – And with your smallest <laughs> running back in the game. Right, right. Just the, wrong personnel, wrong play calling, all of it. So, I don't know. It's a great question. Um Comes from Reddit, Hot Pastrami sixty nine. Does Roper not allow Bentley to audible out to a quick pass? There was a time in the third quarter we were third and one, and Debo was up top with a massive cushion on him. Could have easily picked up the first. Instead, we ran up the middle with AJ Turner twice. Um, Hot Pastrami sixty nine. <laughs> I know that. I mean, from what we've heard, Roper does allow Bentley to audible. I don't feel like I've seen him audible a whole lot. I mean, it's, if he does, it's not noticeable at all. I don't know, Tyler. I mean, do you feel like you've seen Jake Bentley audible at all this year? Or? I haven't seen that at all. We used to see a, that a ton with with other quarterbacks like Dylan Thompson and Connor Shaw, and even back yeah, further. I don't, even Blake I don't know. He's calling audibles and checkdowns and stuff. Yeah, but I yeah. haven't seen Jake Bentley do it once. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, we've we've like you said, we've heard him say, you know, that he has the power to do it, and I don't know why he, he hasn't. But I mean, I guess he trusts the play that you call. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I would like to see. You know, Jake Bentley take take control of the offense and audible, but I, I don't know. If he doesn't see it, you can't force it. But, yeah, I haven't seen that at all this year. So, I, I mean, I'm sure they allow him to do it, but he's got to do it. Um, our last one from Reddit, um, wait, it is you say. <clears throat> Did the entrance have a calamitous glitch? I don't I don't even know if that what that word is. Did the entrance have a glitch or was it just me? The pyro malfunction <laughs> alongside the game Cox chant. Uh, it felt like a bad omen. Also, did the DJ actually feel any different? The atmosphere felt the same as it ever was. First thing, yes, there was a malfunction. Only one of the things went off. Tyler, I want to ask you about this. This was something that I heard a little bit about. I didn't really notice it. The Gamecocks chant being rushed. Is that is that something you noticed? Or? I actually did, and I didn't think about it until I just heard. And literally, you just said that. It sounded like it wasn't like completely in sync, like the wrong people were – Maybe it had something to do with the, the freshman I was talking about that invaded the student section. I don't think they knew, you know, which word they had to say. Right. It, it, so there was something off about it. I don't know what it was, but there was there was definitely something off about it. Kind of goes with the rest of the night. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I'll get your feedback, too, on the DJ. How would you feel about the DJ? Did it feel any different? I mean – I literally don't even know what the DJ did. You know, I heard a, I heard a turntable once or twice during – like after going into the third quarter. I literally don't even know what else he did the entire game. The playlist was the exact same. All the sounds were the exact same. I don't know. Yeah, I was actually in the uh, the turnstile right above where the DJ was. And, I, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, it was cool having him in there, but he – yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how limited I, – I just – I feel like looking back at this game, there's so many new things they were trying to incorporate, and I just feel like it completely backfired. <laughs> I mean – 
it just they dropped the ball on so many different things, and that that's kind of water why. pressure problem in the bathrooms. People, right. I don't know what they couldn't do, but I I heard that I was like, what? I've been coming to games for like twenty years, and I've yeah. never heard that. I mean, it, I mean to be honest, it was a, it was just a bad day for South Carolina. I, the the athletic department dropped the ball as well. I, I mean. I don't know. That that's why I kind of say, you know, when we had first talked about the two thousand one interest and them adding the flames, I, I said I didn't like it. People didn't understand why. It's like because when you have a good thing, when you have a good thing, you, you just don't mess with it. And I mean, it looked it would have looked cool with all of them, but at the same time, that's there. There's going to be hiccups and bumps in the road. But for them not to not have all that figured out and have the water pressure issues they had, and I heard that you know the traffic was absolutely terrible, worse than normal. Um, they were having traffic problems. I heard that on 107.5 the game today. There were today. six trains that went through Columbia in one day. Yeah, for a just, game. there's a lot of things they've got to they got to work out because that just can't happen on a game day. So, um, you know, with that being said, we're pretty much going to wrap it up. Tyler, do you have anything for a post show or anything um, on your mind? Princeton from the- is extremely good. I don't want to play them at all ever again. They're going to <laughs> coast through the rest of their schedule, and we're going. to – we're going to see them in the playoff once again, probably the national championship again. Yep, yep, that's that's one and way. Texas A and M is an absolute train wreck, and that's going to be a really interesting game. Yeah, they they look terrible in the first half. I, I mean, I, I thought Louisiana Lafayette might win the game, but you know, and what's up with LSU? All I saw was the score. I didn't see any of it. So I I, th- I felt good about Mississippi State in that game just because at home and I. I mean, LSU, the first two games, who did they beat? BYU and Chattanooga? I mean – Yeah, true. You know, they had a lot of problems last year too. So, I, I don't know. It'll be really interesting. I mean, it's a long season. But also, the ending to Florida-Tennessee was nuts. I didn't see that until yeah. after the South Carolina game. That was – that was crazy. I mean, Butch also, Jones, see you later. Oh, yeah, he's done so. I uh, <laughs> also put in my article today that Missouri is awful, and I don't feel good about that win at all anymore. They're pretty bad. They, they got the are. they got the brakes beat off of them Saturday. My Purdue. My Purdue. Yeah. Thirty what was it? Thirty five to three. Yeah. It wasn't a good week for the SEC at all. No. Nope, all not at all. So we're uh that's pretty much gonna be all the time we have. Yeah, I think we're gonna wrap it up with that. Um we'll be coming back next or not next week, but later this week, obviously, to preview everything with the Louisiana Tech game, break everything down with that, uh, as we always do. Again, be sure to check us out on iTunes at the Spurs Up Show. Rate and subscribe. Uh, give us your feedback there. Follow us on Twitter at Armchair S Car. Um, follow us on our Instagram account as well at Armchair S Carolina. And check us out on ArmchairAllAmericans.com uh, for all of our latest breaking South Carolina news, all the articles, uh, all of our content, as well as the show as well. Um, but with that being said, Tyler, you got any last words? Anything else for uh, for all the listeners or? I'm sorry for my negativity. It always happens. <laughs> hey, that's why you come to the Spurs Up show, to get a little vent in. Um, but, yeah, again, he's Tyler Clark. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll catch you next time.
save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save 